I wanted to uh, I, I wanted to show this video today. Everybody, has anybody ever been on a slack line? I have like I got two feet on, and I was like, "Yo, th this this boy's done. Like, ain't gonna do this. This is ridiculous." Uh, but I feel like a lot of times, like as as fun as slack lines are, I feel like because like what you're trying to do is you're trying to balance yourself to stay up and essentially to not fall, right? And, and I think in the same way with when it comes to friendships and relationships, sometimes we kind of walk a tightrope in a way to, to kind of balance like how, like with my friendships, different things. And so I wanted to just show that video, um, but I, I want us to basically, what I want us to do is I want us to try to draw a fine line today. We talked about relationships last week and dating relationships, which hopefully one day you will date. Uh, you know, maybe you'll date, obviously, if you guys remember, for the right reason in the right season. Come on, there we go. Uh, but today I want to talk about uh, drawing a fine line between healthy relationships and unhealthy reliances, okay? Healthy relationships and unhealthy reliances. And if you remember what I was talking about last week, uh, today I want us to talk about where are our friends sharpening us as people or are our friends sustaining us for the moment? Because how you make friends is based upon if you're making friends to really develop you and who you're called to be, or if you're only having friends to sustain you when the hard times come. And how many of you know, we have difficult times in our life, right? Okay, just me and, and Jay. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Okay, okay, thank you. Some of you are like, yeah, I just was too afraid to raise my hand. Don't be afraid. It's okay. Um, now, uh, why do you feel like there's dysfunction in relationships? And when it comes to your friendships, why do you feel like there's dysfunction? Anybody? Anybody just want to shout something out? Yes. People are dumb. That's, that, that's kind of true. That's, I'm, nobody in this room, obviously, but yes, that's, that's essentially true. Yeah. Anxiety. Yeah. People, yes. Miscommunication. Absolutely. Jealousy. Come on. Envy, trust, distrust. Okay, there are a lot of things. We could probably keep naming things. But let me tell you something. I, I feel like one of the biggest areas, listen to me, listen to me. I feel like one of the biggest areas of where we mess up in relationships is a lot of times it's actually not the other person, but it's actually us. A lot of times it's what I would like to call, it's actually our attitude. And, and, I, and I, I have this as a key thought. Your, your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. And, and I, I probably like to need to explain this because some of you are like, like in a plane. Like if I have a good attitude, I'm going to take off on like on a plane. Not quite. Okay. Altitude. Yeah, yeah. Like if I have a good atti attitude, then I'll have an altitude and I'll be able to go up. Not, not quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, so I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to do a play on words, Laurie. And so what, <laughs> so, you with me? You, are you flowing with me? Here we go. So what I would say is that based upon your attitude determines the altitude of the relationships that you have. See, the Bible talks about that we are called to go from strength to strength. 
and from glory to glory. Like there are levels in which we are called to go to different places in our spiritual walk with God, but also I believe with our friends. And a lot of times we don't get to the highest points of the relationships with the people that we have because of the poor attitude that we actually have. And a lot of times where we actually mess up in relationships is because of our own attitude or the attitude of our friends. And we have to sometimes check our attitude, check our motives, check our heart, check our spirit, check our mind. There are things that we have to have in check when it comes to friendships because I believe that your attitude will determine your altitude. And when you actually have a good attitude in relationships, you'll actually see your friendships begin to soar and begin to go sky high because of your own attitude. I know this firsthand because of my best friends right now, like my best friends uh, one of my absolute best friend is my, my homie and my boy, David Waldy. And then one of my other best friends is, uh, is this guy named Thomas Lee. And our, our, because of the way that our attitudes are and our hearts are, our, our relationship has grown so much. And that's really because of the attitude that we have. Like, I don't look at them and say, oh, well, they have something that I don't have, and so I'm going to be jealous of that, or I'm going to be envious of that. Like, I don't, like, what they have, God is doing amazing things in and through their life, and that's just how God is using them. And there's nothing that I need to be jealous of. And so a lot of times we, actually, we have to check our attitude because if you want your relationships to soar and get to new altitudes, you need to check your attitude. Does that make sense? So check your attitude. I want all of you to have amazing relationships. But a lot of times the problem is actually our attitude. You know, the book of Proverbs talks a lot about friends. I was kind of studying today and as I was going through the Bible, I started just looking up all the different things in Proverbs. Um, and there's a lot of different things that it talks about. You know, that a man of many companions uh, may come to ruin, but there's one friend that sticks closer than a brother. Like we all need to have friends in our life that carry us through difficult times. But the question that we need to ask ourselves, are my friends sustaining me or are my friends sharpening me? Have I, have I drawn a, a fine line to say these are relationships that are healthy or these are relationships that are unhealthy based upon my reliance to them or their reliance unto me? And we are not called to have unhealthy relationships, but we're called to have real healthy relationships. So here's a question. How do you find balance in relationships? First question, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. How do you find balance in relationships and how do we rely on Jesus more than we do people? Two questions. How do we find balance in relationships? And how do we rely on Jesus more than we do people? Because people fail us. Would you agree? Have you ever had anybody in your life, like, say that they were going to do something and then they drop the ball and don't do it? Or like you, or you, what happens is you say, hey, like, I have something I haven't told anybody and I want to tell you something and like, don't tell anybody. And then the next moment, they're blabbing their mouth about something that you did that you wanted to be kept in secret, kept in confidence. But then they, and don't point fingers, okay? Look, we all mess up. Like, don't point fingers. People are like, well, who's pointing fingers, huh? Huh? Did I miss it? I wanted to know. I want to know. I want to know who did that. I don't want to be friends with them. So I, don't, I just I wanted to know. But look. 
We need to have friends that sharpen us and not sustain us. Check this verse out. It's Proverbs 27, 17. It's going to come up on the screen. It says this. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, if, if I had a knife, I don't have a knife. If I have, well, I actually do have a couple knives. But if I had, like, a sword, I'm not going to sharpen it with a loaf of bread. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to have to use something that is really sturdy in order for it to be sharpened. And in your life, you need people that are going to sharpen you. Because when you are sharp at something, that means that you actually are able to make a difference. Because if you, I don't know if any of you, I'm going to tell you a really gruesome story. Can I tell you a gruesome story? Okay. So... Uh, I, I, when I moved to PA, I got a hunting license, and obviously now I'm vegan, and so I don't really go hunting anymore, and uh, I don't eat animals, so it's whatever, but that's my own choice, and I'm not pushing anything on anybody, but uh, I went hunting two years ago, two, two like uh, hunting seasons ago, I went hunting, and my, this deer kind of came close. Uh, I couldn't hit it because it was just out of sight, really. Like, it was about 50 yards out. There's a bunch of trees, and I was like, I'm not going to hit this. My father, it came right to my father-in-law. He shot it. The deer ran off, so we chased it down. And he tells me, he's like, yo, go inside and go get a knife. So I go to the drawer, and I grab the first knife I can find. And we run out there, you know, just in case we have to, like, you know, do whatever. Well, this deer was, like, uh, was pretty much on its last limb. And uh, so we were like, you know, we're going to try to, you know, finish it off. I'm, I'm going to tell a gruesome story, okay? Just going to be real. And so I took, we took the knife, handed it to my father-in-law, Sean, and he went to, uh, like, touch, but it was more with force. It was more like a stab. It was, yeah. And, well, what happened was I grabbed a bread knife, and so what happened was as the knife touched it, the, the point literally went like this. Wah. Wah. It went every which direction except for into the body of the deer. It was really bad. But I realized something in that moment is that if we, like, in, like it wasn't, in, in the bread knife, it wasn't a sharp bread knife. Like, it might as well have, it probably would have been better if I used a butter knife at this point. But what I'm saying is that, like, if you are not sharp, like, friends are meant to sharpen us. And when you're not sharp, you're not making a difference. Like in your life, you are called to be a difference maker in situations. And your friends will either better you or they'll hurt you. They will either better you or they'll actually make you worse in life. And so are your friends sharpening you to actually make a difference in this world? Or are they just here to sustain you in the moment? The Bible also talks about this, that the, the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. But faithful are the wounds of a friend. And the friends that I have in my life, I am okay and I actually love it when they, when they actually confront me when there's things that I've done wrong. The thing that I hate the most is when I've done something wrong to somebody else and that they, every time they see me and I've heard from other places that I've heard them, but then when I get around them, they just like, yo, it's so good to see you. Man, I love, hey, youth was so great last Wednesday. Hey, I heard about the awesome things that God's doing in the movement. Man, you're doing so good. Man, Pastor Taylor, I love you. But I'm like, I just heard you talking bad about me like two days ago. Like, 
I would rather you tell me about something that I've done wrong rather than you just say every time you come up to me and that you just pat me on the back and tell me all the great things I'm doing. Yeah, am I, my, my love language is words of affirmation and physical touch. So patting me on the back is great. Telling me things that are good, like that's awesome. But I would rather you wound me so that way I don't wound anybody else. And a lot of times we only have friends that sustain us rather than sharpen us. My question to you is, what are your friends doing? The friends that you have, are they just giving you kisses to make you feel like, oh, like you're going through a rough time? They really, your friends, like if you're going through a difficult time because of, uh, could, could be from anything, but like you have a bad attitude and your friends are like, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, we love you. And then you walk away, but you still have a bad attitude. Your friends need to be like, yo, you need to check your attitude and get your life right. You need to, some, like some of you just need to like, you have, you need to have friends or you need to tell your own friends that, yo, like you have a bad, like, like, a, um, you just like, you look unhappy all the time. And like what I tell people sometimes, if I really love them, which I do, I say, hey, you need to, you know, right now, you need to remind your face that you love Jesus and get over the crap that you're going through, okay? Like, you're gonna make it. God loves you. You're okay. We're gonna get through this and it's gonna be all right. And we need friends that can do that to us. We need friends that can sharpen us and not just sustain us for the moment. I have literally no time to preach. This has always happens to me, but I'm gonna keep going through. So here we go. What does this mean for us today? I want to tell you this. This is, this is what we need to do. Psalm 118, 8 and 9 says this. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. This is the Bible, okay? Just, I'm giving you the Bible right now. I'm giving you the Bible. You're welcome. <laughs> it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princesses. And at that time, really what it means is be like, and not trust in the president. I mean, and I'm not saying anything, and I'm not getting on a political kick right here. But what I am saying is the Bible mentions one word twice, and it's this word refuge. This is what the word refuge means. It means to find a safe place. And in our life, there will be places that we go that we try to find a safe place in our friendships but when we only have friends that are sustaining us and not sharpening us, like we need to take refuge in the Lord. We need to, the Bible talks about that, that the Lord is a refuge in a strong tower which the righteous run into. And there are moments where friends will betray you. There will be moments where people betray you. There will be moments where people hurt you. But where you go is not to other friends, but where we need to go to when all of a sudden all hell is caving in on us and everything is not going the way that we had planned. We need to run into and find refuge in the Lord. That's what we need. A lot of times we just go to our friends, especially when there's a problem. But you know what we find out? is that all we do is talk to our friend about our problems rather than talking to God about our problems or just telling our problems about how big our God is. That's what we need to do. 
And when you take refuge in the Lord, what you begin to realize is that you are not complaining about your problems, but when you run into the Lord and take refuge in the Lord, what you're doing is you're telling God about your problems, and then he's like, yo, you have power. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. It lives in you, Kira. It lives in you, Jess. It lives in you, Peter. It lives in you, Michael. It lives in you. And so because of that power, you are able to tell your problems about how big your God is and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it's in you. You can tell your problems to leave in Jesus' name and they have to go. You tell, this, you tell the enemy you have to flee and the enemy has to go. But what we do is we flirt around with the enemy. We flirt around with all these different temptations and all these different things. But when the Bible says to tell the enemy to flee and he has to run, we miss that. But we go to our friends who are sustaining us rather than building us up and sharpening us. Friends are meant to sharpen you and not sustain you. First Peter, this is, I'm going to end, and Kira, you can hop up on the computer. First Peter 5, 6 or 7 says this, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. You have a God who cares about you. The Bible talks about that he is, like he's actually closer than the air that we breathe. But many times we don't give God a moment where we actually talk to God about our problems that we face. But immediately we flock to friends. We go to people that really aren't helping us. They're not they're not helping us, they're not sharpening us, but they're only sustaining us. And I'm, I'm telling you, like, if you wanna have real relationships, real community, and you wanna find real life, it's not gonna be from friends that just sustain you. And some of you might be like, look, I don't, I don't have any friends. Can I tell you something? When I was in high school and in middle school, I had no friends. I was able to get along with people, I loved people, but I never had a true friend until I went to college. And all the people that stood next to me on my wedding day were all guys that I went to college with, plus my brother. But like we get so bent out of shape when we don't have friends. And we, we're like, all we are is alone. I, can I just tell you something? Loneliness, I feel like is a lie. Like when we're alone, we feel like there's nobody there, but that's such a lie because God is always there. Like we have to learn to make alone times, alone times with God. But when you make alone times a pity party for yourself, like I'm just gonna be real, like you're not gonna get better. But when you learn to take refuge in the Lord's wings, when you learn to say, you know what, I have nobody around me, but you know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take refuge under the Lord because he's the one that sustains me. He's the one that satisfies me. He's the one that fills me up. When nobody else can fill me up, only Jesus can fill me up. We begin to take refuge in that. And actually what God does is he actually begins to show you people that you can begin to trust and people that you can have friends with and people that actually might become your best friends that you like that you may never meet anywhere else, but you meet them here in the church because we're coming under one frame of mind. We're coming under one thing and that's the teaching of the gospel. 
this is it. We're coming under this teaching. Despite, who cares about your differences? Who cares about where you grew up? Who cares about what school you go to? Like I'm saying that we have this one thing in common and that's the gospel. So despite of how one person dresses or what one person likes to do on their weekends, I don't give a rip and flip. If you care about the gospel, then I care about you. And if you care about the gospel, then I care about you so much that I wanna learn from you about what, what do you have that I can still get? We base our friendships off of like the things that we have in common. If we play a sport together, if we wear the same shoes, if we wear the same type of clothes, if we, if we dress a certain way, like, trust me, like I grew, like I talked about fads last week. Like get over the fad and find people that are gonna do life with you. We need it. You need it. Your friends need it. This world needs it. This youth ministry needs it. This church needs it. We need it. Stand up on your feet. Did you get something today? Just a bit. Praise the Lord. Okay, bow your heads. Father God, tonight in this moment, God, I pray that you would make sense of all of this. God, that you would do, God, all I'm, God, all I know I have to do is just hear from you and speak, God, what you're telling me to speak. God, I just want to be a prophet for you to speak what I hear from the Lord and speak to your people. And God, now it's on us to take what we've heard and now begin to apply it. So God, I pray that in the application today, that what do we do with this message? We realize that tonight we are accepting the invitation, God, that you care about us. You will cast our burdens off of us. And God, you are the one that completes us, Lord. Our friends won't complete us. It's only you. So tonight in this discussion time, Father God, I pray that you would speak to your people in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Hey, take a seat real quick. Let me explain to you. Kira, you can keep playing.